Brian Miller here, and welcome back to One New Person. And we are currently in between seasons one and two. Season two will debut on Monday, July 1st, 2019, with my personal hero, Seth Godin, as the first guest. I've already recorded that conversation, and trust me, you're in for a treat. I didn't want to leave you hanging for a whole month, though, so today I'm going to pull apart some of the themes that came up repeatedly throughout season one. This will serve as a recap for those who've listened to every episode and a starting point for those who haven't to figure out which episodes would be most interesting to you. The three themes that came up repeatedly are relationships, education, and business. Let's start with relationships. Back in episode two, one of my best friends in the world, Casey Qualia, sat down for a quiet, intimate conversation about connecting with people, both in and out of work. She's the studio coordinator at a local popular performing arts center. So all day, as she describes it, like the humans come to me. It's wonderful. <laughs> I sit at my desk, the humans come to me and uh, one by you. one I hear their stories. <laughs> the big takeaway from her episode was. And really what I've learned in working this job at the front desk where I meet so many people every day is that everyone has a story. And like the most unassuming people have the craziest stories that you would never know if you didn't take a chance to like get to know them and ask them questions. And that's my 100% hands down my favorite part of my job. In fact, one of those people she randomly connected with in the studio led to a dream hiking trip with her fiance, Ben, a trip that served to strengthen and cement their relationship. And at the time I'm recording this right now, Casey and Ben were just recently married in a private ceremony at the top of Mount Monadnock. Well later in the season, Zakia Liski, my guest from episode 8, had a slightly different take on the, quote, chance encounter leads to love theme. Zakia is also a coordinator of sorts, the event program manager for Innova Heart and Vascular Institute. With a resume that includes Volkswagen, the Smithsonian, and NASA, you can bet Zakia knows her way around a conversation. The biggest takeaway from her episode? I know when to back off. I know when not to be so talkative. I know when not to be, you know, actually too engaging because some people just want to be kind of left alone a little bit. Zakia's willingness to step outside her comfort zone, meet new people, and her ability to meet people where they're at led to meeting the man who's now her husband through a series of improbable circumstances, which you'll have to hear her tell in episode eight. Another one of my oldest and closest friends, Adam Krutinger, helped me launch the first season. Adam is a public school art teacher, YouTuber, podcaster, magician, puppeteer, and world-class puppet builder. He's that rare jack-of-all-trades and master of most. Adam's big takeaway? That's um, my whole story, man, all the way through. These little, like you said, these little chance encounters that have affected me in such a big way. And some people are aware of it. And some people aren't aware of it. Like, again, you know, like the lady who handed me those uh, appearing canes never, it probably doesn't even remember it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. As talented and driven as Adam is, it's to his 16-year relationship with his wife, Maria, that he credits so much of his success. I, again, I blame it because of her because she was into theater. So she started doing a play that year and she was a lead in all the plays that we did in high school. So I would join that stuff just to be able to spend time with her and, and to hang out. So like when we were in the musical, like all the leads got their own costumes. 
but uh, the people in the background, they, they didn't get rented costumes, so you had to come up with your own. So that's kind of how I started to teach myself how to sew at the time. My conversation with Adam was one long, winding story that starts with Maria and an hour later, in a perfect full circle moment, ended with her as well. It's really worth a listen, so head to episode four to hear the whole thing. Adam's going to come up again in this season one recap. And finally, on the topic of relationships, in episode 10, Dr. Don Dizon and I discussed relationships from the perspective of family and work-life balance. Don is a renowned oncologist and opinion leader in the use of social media for healthcare. Don was stuck at home during a snowstorm, so our conversation was occasionally interrupted by his partner and kids, which naturally led us down the path of work-life balance. It was not atypical for my mentors, the folks I looked up to within this field, to, to move from coast to coast, uh, city to city, uh, and their family would just pack. And I always wondered how their families did all of that. Um, we've gone from that point to where I am practicing now, which is really based on what's best for my family. And I think that a critical point in all of that was my children didn't have to uproot and go to a different city and we didn't have to start over. Hear more from Don in episode 10 and pay close attention to what he says about listening to conversations from patients, clients, or customers online. Okay, let's move on to education. In episode three, I sat down with Parag Joshi, a high school history teacher and TEDx organizer. As one might imagine, the entire conversation revolved around education, and in particular, how important it is to personalize for your students. So students today feel like they need to connect personally with everything, because that's how technology is now hitting them. Everything's personalized. So why are you broadcasting classes to me? Broadcast doesn't work. Personalization works. Talk to me. What are my interests? Connect with my problems. Parag explained the importance of truly caring about what you're teaching. If I don't care about what I'm teaching, there's zero chance they're going to care. So I have to super care about how I'm presenting it and why it really matters. This is our earlier conversation about believing what you're saying. And really believing it, not just thinking I have to believe, but actually believing it. There were so many good points in this episode, I can't possibly cover them all here. Get it all in episode three and learn Parag's overarching theory of education, which he calls moving the chair. Jumping now to episode 11, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Amanda Howard and Fox. She's a professor of language and literacy and a recognized thought leader on deaf culture. The heart and soul of Amanda's work is to completely completely reinvent how we approach language learning for the hearing impaired. This is probably the most difficult episode of the season for the average listener, because I'm guessing you, like me, have never thought about any of the issues surrounding deaf education. I really encourage you to give this episode its due. I pressed Amanda repeatedly for clarifications to help me and you get a better understanding of the issues at hand and what can be done about them. The most practical takeaway? I asked her how best to connect with a deaf person. So I think the best thing to do is to follow their lead because they've spent their whole life trying to connect with people who can't sign. <laughs> they have a lot of experience in trying to connect with people who don't have that ability. And so they've learned a lot of strategies for making themselves understood and for understanding other people. And for some of them, that will be 
using some of their hearing, um, or it will be showing you some signs or writing something down, or um, you'd be amazed at how adept deaf people are at using the visual resources we do have to communicate. There's so much you can communicate without talking. And you start to realize that when you interact with deaf people, even if you don't sign, like if you've been in an American sign language class with its voice off from the moment you walk in within the first 15 minutes, you are floored by how much you could understand going on in that room with no one opening their mouths. Right. (laughs) So they're really good at, at visual communication and and at making things work. And so being open to that and following their lead is what would be my, my suggestion. And closing out the topic of education, let's head back to Adam Krutinger for a moment. One of his best insights for teachers also turns out to be great advice for everyone. And especially as a teacher, I think we need to model it, not just in teaching in the classroom. Some of my students follow me on YouTube too. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at this. Look how many subscribers you have. Ah!" But I'm glad that they're seeing me actually make art. And last but not least, let's turn to business, the most common theme in season one. Now, I could easily break this down into subcategories like marketing, sales, ethics, etc. But for now, let's just explore it in general. We launched the entire podcast with Pam Pados back in episode one. Pam is a local Connecticut entrepreneur who, in the span of five years, launched not one, but two successful restaurants in a tight-knit community. And when I asked for her secret... I think it's because I know the community... And I knew what it was lacking. And the first time around was selfish reason. I was just divorced. I was a single mom. And I wanted a place where I could really feel comfortable going out and meeting people. And there was nothing like that in this area. So I created it. I'm like, I'm going to open a bar. A lot of people get divorced and they buy like a new handbag or like a really fancy couch. I'm like, I'm buying a bar. <laughs> so that was sort of a selfish need. I wanted something fun. I wanted something social. And it turned into just a great thing in town. I feel a need that they can't get at other restaurants. And it's amazing. We'll have little kids come in who have never had a waffle because they have gluten-free or dairy-free issues. And they'll get this big Belgian waffle that they can eat and they smile and it's like, wow, that's amazing. Like something a little like food. I'm sure you've noticed by now how often the theme listening to others comes up from successful people. And on a related note, my episode five guest, Carolyn Schreier, the director of marketing for a Jewish event planning magazine, explained her thought process for listening to customers and serving their needs in an ethical way. It's funny. There's times that I'll be working with a new client and they'll they'll want to buy something and I'll say, no, you don't want that. You want the less expensive option. And they're going, what kind of salesperson are you? you you're selling me less. And I'll say, but that's not the right thing that you need. And if I can tell you what you actually need and I can make that work for you, you might spend more money with me in the future because you know that I'm steering you in the right direction. I'm not looking to just go out and and take someone's money. I don't think anyone in my organization really is looking to do that. Um, but one of the things that I pride myself on is that I, I will make the best recommendation for what the client needs so that I can ensure success, even if that's at a lower price point, because it's better for them. I can't stress this enough. Meet people where they're at. In the words of Simon Sinek, if you don't understand people, you don't understand business. Let's head sequentially to episode six with Jonah Babbins, magician, event producer, and fellow podcaster. He asked us to think very carefully about what we do and why we do it. It, A standard one is ADA. 
right? The, the formula is ADA, attention, interest, uh, desire, and then action, right? And it's like, no one ever taught me that the first thing I have to say in a magic trick should gather attention. The next one should do it. Like, and obviously this is copywriting. This is to sell someone something, but we're on stage, we're performing, we're entertaining. We're kind of selling. selling them something. So, you are. so even more than them just looking the same and feeling the same, they're both copywriting how I can get ideas from my brain to your brain the best way possible. Jonah's episode was full of nuggets for finding originality within authenticity. And while we're talking about staying true to yourself, here's episode nine guest, Michael Kent, nationally renowned comedy magician who you may recognize from Penn and Teller's Fool Us. He's digging in about how to balance authenticity with the realities of professional work. Not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone likes you, what you do, and it's not your job to make everyone like you. You know, just be yourself, do your thing, let your work sell itself, let your work speak for itself, and the people that are meant to appreciate you will appreciate you. And that's a true system, that's honest. And when you realize that, you can take a breath and relax. And it's still difficult. We want everyone to love us. That's why we started doing this in the first place. We want everyone to love us and pay attention to us. But when you realize that that is just not going to happen for some people, and that's okay, and leave room for that, um, I've been able to relax so much more. And you can apply that to so many other things. You know, not every job is meant to be your job. No. Not every gig is meant to be your gig. Not every house is meant to be your house. Yeah. It's okay uh, to just be where you are and, and make room for that. The conversation with Michael should be required listening for artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, or anyone who seeks to make a change in the world by doing something that might not work. In particular, the discussion around self-worth, self-doubt, and shame is really valuable. And that brings me to my friend Alex De Palma, a legendary audio producer and rising celebrity in the podcasting world. She produces the iTunes Top 100 show Food for Thought, Rise and Grind with Damon John, and Seth Godin's Akimbo. But Alex just recently founded her own production company and now finds herself in uncertain water. There are people who are professionals at getting projects out the door. And those are the words I used earlier. Like there are some people, and like, as Seth was saying, those are the kinds of people who walk around differently. Like they carry themselves differently. If there's somebody in your office, who's the one who makes shit happen, like they are different. They're just different. And like, there's a lot of people who aren't like that. And I am in the process of like trying to become like that because I think as of right now, I'm like on the cusp. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm still, waiting for permission from people. I'm still waiting for like the sets in my life to like give me projects to do. Mm. So the, the, the place that I'm at right now, thanks to Seth, is like figuring out how to become that kind of person who's a pro at making shit happen and getting those things out the door and into the world. Check out episode seven with Alex De Palma for a larger conversation on generosity and the mindset of being a professional. And finally, we closed out the season with Zoe Chance influence and persuasion expert at Yale University, and one of the kindest, most generous people you could ever hope to meet. I have the supreme honor of calling Zoe a friend, and her episode largely centered on the power of saying no. It's really, I love that question, it's really hard to imagine um, what the power of no is that's anything different from the power of yes, Mm -hmm. and that's anything different from 
power. It's the ability to take your life and decide what it's going to be. And if you can't say no, then not just somebody is the boss of you, but everybody is the boss of you. So being able to say no to me is saying I am the boss of myself. And by saying no, I get to decide what I say yes to. Zoe's mission is to help caring people do well for themselves while doing good in the world. Her main takeaway? So people who show up being ready to do a lot of good, um, but then also burning themselves out on their do-gooding, I love helping them gain tools of influence so that they can get more resources. Episode 12 with Zoe Chance is a don't miss, send to all your friends and family and colleagues kind of episode. I am truly blown away by the quality of conversations, generosity of my guests, and enthusiasm of you, the One New Person community, in this inaugural season. You've inspired me to reach even higher with season two, and that's exactly what you'll find when we kick it off on July 1st with marketing legend, 19-time best-selling author, and personal success guru, Seth Godin. Do you have questions for me or any of my guests from any episode this season? If you do, send them to one new person podcast at gmail.com. I'll forward them on to the guest, and while there are no guarantees, we'll see if we can get a few folks to answer some of your questions by calling in or simply recording them and sending it off to me. And I've got two questions that I'd love to get an answer from you. First, The episodes have been getting longer over the course of the season, as I'm sure you've noticed. And I've already recorded a handful of conversations for season two, which are getting longer still. We're starting to push up on the 50 minute mark, 55 minute. I haven't hit an hour yet, but it wouldn't be hard to do. Did you enjoy the shorter, tighter, more heavily edited conversations from the beginning of season one? Or are you enjoying the longer, less edited conversations I've been having recently? I'm open to going either way, but I'd love to hear from you. And the second question is, would you like this to be a weekly podcast if I were able to find the time to do it? At the moment, I've only been able to find enough time to generate an episode every other week because in order to go to a weekly format, I would definitely need to hire an editor and a social media manager, which at the moment I'm not doing because the podcast isn't generating any revenue. I'm operating 100% at a loss which is totally fine with me. I am more than happy to take the hit financially to get this stuff out into the world. But I'm also open to a conversation about what it would take to go weekly, to generate 24 episodes per season rather than just 12. Again, hit me up at onenewpersonpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on any of my socials at bmillermagic. Head to brianmillerspeaks.com slash person to jump on the email list for instant updates when a new episode drops and bonus episodes like full uncut conversations with my wildest guests. Subscribe on onenewperson.com via your favorite podcast streaming service. And most importantly, share these episodes with the VIPs in your life. Remember, every interaction is meaningful and every person you meet is important. I'm Brian Miller. This is One New Person, and we'll see you at the start of season two. Mm -hmm.